It's Typo Waffle Time! Welcome to Tiffle Tiffle. Waffle, 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 toffle. Well, today we're going to tiffle, we're going to waffle <laughs> um, about movement in the classroom. Okay. Let's do that. So, um, classrooms are very often arranged and students are very often encouraged to sit down and be quiet. Well, the be quiet part maybe, but certainly sit down. Yeah. And uh, there are students like it as well. Sometimes when I say stand up, they go, <sighs> But you are particularly teens, I, I would imagine. Especially teens. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> they enjoy having... Uh, also, the thing is that students enjoy having their own table and their own little space and they... Yeah, my phone's here and the, my... Yeah. yeah. Um, but there's quite, there's quite a lot of research around about how important movement is um, yeah. and how movement connects with cognitive development. Yes. Um, and you when mean s- like the whole TPR... Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, with young learners, but even with adults, movement stimulates cognitive growth. Yeah. Um, a lot of the hormones that are related to what our brain does are stimulated when we walk and move. And so that's why some philosophers insist. I think Nietzsche was one of those who would do all of his thinking while he was doing his walks. Yeah, I, I can see that. I, I do that quite a bit, actually. What philosophize or walk? Uh, the walk and think thing. I'm, oh. I, I've often planned a, a lesson while doing something else. Yeah. Like if I sit down to plan it and go, oh, what am I supposed to do with this page? Oh. And then I, I walk away from it and literally walk away from it. And by the time I sit down again. Now, for those of you who don't know, Troy smokes. Um, Troy does. And um, it's actually quite... A, one of the things that happened when I first met you was you used to say, come, let's go outside, and you'd have a cigarette. And I used to, it used to upset me because... I'm busy, man. I'm busy. I've got stuff to do here yeah. on my desk. I don't want to, I don't want to go out. Um, but then when we went out, uh, I would get all sorts of new ideas and stuff would happen. And and quite often get past a, a I'm stuck. A stuck moment, moment yes, yeah. yes. And in actual fact, when I was doing my PhD, the same thing used to happen. While I, w- I would get stuck with something, go to the gym, and while I was ex- exercising, a, a solution would appear yeah. miraculously on the bicep curl press or in the squat rack or something like that. Okay. You know how that... You know that. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Steve Jims. <laughs> anyway, what we want to do is we want to get the students out of their chairs because it's beneficial for their brains. It also has other benefits. I would say uh, one of the biggest benefits is the break in monotony. Uh, you know, if, you, if we're thinking about teenagers, uh, what is their job? Their job is to sit in their chair for seven hours a day and listen and pay attention and then uh, fill, scribble the thing in their notepad. And Yeah, but I mean, I suppose that the argument could go that the reason why they're doing that is because it prepares them for the life at the desk that they have ahead of them for the rest for their working career, where they have to be at their... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I became a teacher, because we don't do that. Well, actually, the terrible part is that you... It's kind of the goal for a lot of teachers ends up being, I, I graduate into management or supervision or whatever, 
and you end up graduating into the desk. Right, so the question is, what should what can we do to get the students out of a, out of their desks during the class? Now yeah. obviously if you're following the PPP or something like that, the production stage is meant to be an opportunity for the students to communicate with other yes. students and that's when they would get up there. Well they don't have to get up there, but a lot of tasks do have that yeah. element in them. Modules. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean take your classic find someone who where you can't do it seated. Yeah. Um running dictations. Yeah. Involved a lot of movement, um, but the, a lot of the teachers then say, "Well, I've got a class of forty-five, and my 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 room doesn't facilitate a lot of." You mean space? space. There's not space. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, fine. I I can see that, but I've had classes where, for example, I, I've got a class of thirty in a room that fits thirty, and in that class, we've done things like. We stood in a huge circle around the edge of the room yeah. uh, to make it work. Uh, or uh, as even a circle within a circle where they're, they're, they're face-to-face and the, the inner circle rotates from partner to partner right. to partner. And logistically, is that a bit of a headache? Yeah. And does it take a bit of work to set it up? Because you actually have to teach the students the movement pattern, yes. not, not just the language. Um, which does yeah, you've got to actually train the students how to do that yeah. kind of thing, right? And, yeah. and that stuff does take time, but I, I don't want to sit at a desk. For, I don't want them to sit at a desk for now. I think that when they do sit at a desk for the full 50 minutes, towards the end you're losing their attention. Yeah. The, the possibility of new learning starts to diminish. Yeah. Um, I should turn all my sounds off because... It goes... Because it makes a lot of noise. <laughs> um... For, what about, though, you're saying that it's production. Production is our, or the activity part of the lesson. Well, that, well, that's where it makes the most sense. Yes. Um, it, I mean, with children, you can do movement during songs at, at any point, for example. TPR fits in just about anywhere. If they're learning new vocabulary, they can do the action that, that yeah. fits with it. But I think that when we start getting to teens and adults, the tendency for everybody to sit yes. still becomes entrenched in yeah. in their I'm at school therefore I must be quiet and um, quiet the quiet class is the discipline class the discipline class or the girls who are really really studious will sit quietly and yeah. then those are the ones that are particularly difficult to get out of their desks now um, I my teaching style I, I like quite rowdy classes but my classes often get too rowdy like even for me that it's too rowdy and I, I have to make the decision of, am I going to be rowdy or am I going to be quiet? And for me, I'd rather compromise the... You'd rather the, compromise on the side of noisy? Yeah, than compromise on the side of boring. Yeah, okay, but what, what kind of things are creating that rowdiness? Is it the fact that you've got them out of their seats and they're not used to it? Uh, yes, it's the, the, the fact that it's a break in routine. So let's... An example. Um, I like to to get a lot of movement in my lessons, but I also like a lot of variety. You're not going to just do that thing that you've done a thousand times. You're going to do something different. And every time you introduce something new, especially with teenagers, but even with adults to some degree, it, it gets a bit rowdy because some of it is like, oh, what exactly. are we supposed yeah, to be yeah. doing? You know, but I mean, can't, can't, the, the solution to that is, can't you do the same thing that they've done all the time just with the new language? So that it is new, it's old. It's always a, uh, for example, it's always a find someone who. Yeah. 
but they find someone who has got different language every time and therefore it's different. And therefore they get into a routine of, okay, it's a fun someone, her activity, so we've got to do it like and uh, Yes, you can. I, I think you've got, you've got to make the decision. Um, do I train the students how to do a find someone who, and now they know how to do a find someone who, the instructions only take 30 seconds yeah. because they know it. Uh, but at the same time, because they know it, there's no novelty uh, or excitement or, or whatever to it. Or do you, uh, my one is normally try to hold back on, on those ones and do it again a month later uh, when they've kind of forgotten it. And when you introduce it, they often you see them at about the 45-second mark of introducing the activity. Oh, right, yeah, this one, okay. We've done that, yeah, yeah. We've done that, we know how to do that. But the other 10 or 20 lessons before that, you did something different each time. Okay, now you're assuming then that variety is good and that you want uh, a lot of variety. And I'm assuming that for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. Variety is a good thing and, and the more variety you've got in the class, the better. But sometimes repetition is helpful. Um, I, I, I find that when I see teachers who are much more systematic about their approaches in terms of tasks and things like that, the classes are generally better behaved. Well, well, because there's nothing new. Okay, just so I'll use an example from my class. I like to start my classes with a warmer yeah. where the students go to the board. Okay. Okay, so in a big class, that assumes I've got a very big board. And, and lots of pens. And Well, lots of pens is easy. Big board is harder. Yeah. But fortunately, in some classes, I do have a big board. And in the classes where my board is small, I actually have fewer students. So somehow or another, it's worked out okay okay so one of the one of the warmers I, I like doing is i put the alphabet up on the board so if it's a big board i do two one for boys and one for girls or if it's a small class just one and then the topic of the day is so let's just say i'm going to be teaching um nature clo- uh, nature okay so <clears throat> um then i'll do animals in the house or, or things so that a to z so cat and dog and then i have to start thinking of gecko and spider and um, okay uh, and then that leads me into my lesson. And normally they get stuck, you know, they can't think of anything for W, and they all mill around, and if it's competition between boys and girls, then they, they peek at each other's... Tones. Oh, uh, they don't, actually, they really? don't. No, yeah. Or if they do, I don't spot it. But anyway, I mean, it's only, f- like, for five minutes, and everybody's at the board, and it's... Um, but uh, you're, essentially what you're doing there is, uh, you're saying in minute one... This is going to be a very active class. Yeah. Which means that you then have to maintain that because it's quite hard then to transition from we're all running and screaming to now um, sit down no, and be quiet. I'm not so sure about that because I like to alternate running and screaming activities with quiet desk work. So I'll do a running screaming. Yeah. Well, I'll do a movement and then I'll and then the next thing will be a, a sit down and, and fill in this form with your partner or... Okay, now run and scream again. So I alternate movement with quiet because that sort of eliminates me needing to control the students. And I'm not very good at controlling classes. So I, I let this, the activities do it for me. Okay. You try to bleed off some energy. Yeah. As soon as things start getting too noisy for me, I say, okay, everybody at your desks. Yes. And I do exercise three in the book or whatever it is. Something quiet. Okay. Um, do you think that... Uh, I, I, we can, we're pretty much agreeing that movement is a good thing. 
Movement is a good thing. Okay. So, uh, can we have all movement? Uh, like, is there anything that really needs to be done quietly at your desk? So, uh, <laughs> yes. The question is how the balance between... Uh, in, well, I mean, the, the the question is the balance between interacting with somebody else yeah. and having quiet time with yourself. Um, yeah, quiet time with yourself. To me, that's called showering, sleeping, not studying. Yes, but... Okay, let's just say that you're studying Russian. Okay. All right, and in your day, you're yeah. very busy. You're making cupboards and you're dealing with children, your own children, and you've got cooking to do, and, and there's a time when it's Russian time. Okay. Um, and the teacher blasts way blasts his way through 25 new words, a whole <laughs> bunch of worksheets, and says, okay, now for homework, do these 15 things here. Yeah. And you know you're not going to do them. Yeah. <clears throat> if the teacher said, right, for the last 10 minutes, let's do this worksheet, yeah. I'm not going to help you try it out for yourself, and okay. then we'll go through the answers. You're going to have to do that quietly by yourself. Why? Is it a test? No, it's not a test. But it's Then why am I being tested? It's not a, but I mean, you are, you're testing to see what's feedback for yourself on how, you, how well you've, in a, you've learned these new words, whether or not you can actually... Wow. Okay. Look, the, the point is to find all the things in the room that make a noise. <laughs> One at a time as they go up. One at a time. Um, I, I don't know... I'm no? just no. Uh, sorry, that wasn't. I don't know. That was. I don't think so. No. Why? If you can do it alone, it's homework. Yeah. No. I. I. I do. Agree, but I. My belief is people don't do homework. Uh, That's my belief as well. So which then, is why I don't give homework. Yeah, but but. But I don't do homework in the classroom. No, but but students do need time to. Look, my my own experience has been that when I when I'm learning something, I need to sit down quietly and create connections between this word which mm-hmm. which means television yeah it sounds like octopus okay yes all right I, I, and once i but i can't do that if everybody's talking to me or i'm walking around or i, I have to sit down and look at it and but you, that's a personal learning strategy if the if you're the type of learner who's going to come up with them then you actually are going to do homework and you, you're actually going to create no, but I mean, it for the yourself. Thing is, I'm, so not, I'm not going to do homework because once that I That is homework. You're going to leave class and go, wow, that word sounds like octopus. <laughs> yeah. But no, I need to, I need to do that as, as it comes. I need to look at it and go, how the hell am I going to remember that stupid word? Oh, look, it, it sounds a little bit like octopus. Yes, okay. Um, but that quite... Okay, so that's why writing is so important in the classroom as well. I don't like writing in the class, but writing... Doing writing activity, even if it's three lines or something, where yeah. everybody sits and writes just a few, and then gets up and walk or walks around and talks about whatever it is that they've written. For example, that quiet time helps them to prepare for what's coming. Yeah. It, it allows them to practice what it is that they have to say. It gives them an opportunity to, I don't know, rehearse rehearse how, how they're going to handle a particular piece of language. Um and then when they actually do their speaking, they've, they're readier. You uh, can see that I didn't rehearse that sentence. You know, I honestly can't tell you the last time I did silent individual work in the classroom. I just don't do it. I don't... Well, then the question is, is, is there a problem with 
a, a 50 minute movement based language lesson um, I mean for me I would say yes I, it would be too much for me I I think I'm too old um, for that but <laughs> I teach 50 year olds and uh, whilst it's not all movement it's never silent or solo mm. I just don't do it in the classroom now that's the opposite problem of what I when I brought up this topic it's the opposite problem from what I'm seeing because I see a lot of 50 minute silent classes with yes. s- well not a lot a, a um, teacher spends the first 20 minutes talking and then the students go through the workbook alone and, and yeah um, and then hand in whatever it is that they've done yeah. and there's absolutely no communication at yeah. all and that entire lesson is sit is, is spent with the student on their chair the whole time and if anybody gets up the teacher says where are you going what are you doing why, why are you may I go to the bathroom teacher yeah 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 it's an interesting thing. I, I saw um, an article about a school in Finland that had um, little pedals on the bottom of the, <laughs> the chair. You know, have, uh, have to, you seen that? To give the fidgety students something yeah, to Yeah, something to do. And, and in actual fact, uh, that's, where, that's where I read some of that research about it. That the students who cycled while they were learning learnt more effectively. Okay. Than the, yeah, so it's, it's in a kindergarten, of course. So the yeah. kids have got these little bicycle pedal things um, great idea yeah fun uh, but again uh, novelty well I mean you have to have pedals made on the bottom of every chair which is yeah but I, I mean I think I just don't believe in, in silent solo work okay so let, let's talk about the problems that might occur in a class where you do lots of Silent, silent, no, no, no. Um, noisy, no, rowdy, noisy, rowdy stuff. movements. Okay, you've got 50 students in your class? I've got mixes from... Uh, my smallest class is 10 and my biggest class at the moment is 30. Okay, the, 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 the contradiction, the, the reason why you don't want to do movement is because you've got a class of 55. Oh, I, think I have the exact opposite... No, no, okay. Mine but, but would be, I have a class of 55. I'm going to get them moving. The, th- yeah. the thing is that if you've got a class of 55 and each of them is whispering, that's a lot of noise. Yeah. Um, and there's no space. So, I mean, one way of getting around that is snaking the students through the desks yep. um, to talk to each other, doing the ring around the classroom like you did. That's yeah. one way. Um, uh, uh, do lots of... Yeah, this is technically... Let's take... Give me one practice task. Any generic uh, matching. Practice. All right, so they're doing a, a matching exercise. They're matching what vocab to definitions. Voc- uh, 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 okay. So, uh, ways that I've done that exact thing. Uh, I had flashcards. I walked around and around the, the room with the students having to like twist their necks and see me while I elicited the words. And I elicited all of all of the words and as I elicited them I, th- I threw the flashcards under the floor and uh, against the walls and in the corner okay and so the flashcards are now all over the classroom yep uh, and then I gave the students I didn't write the words on the whiteboard as I elicited them I elicited them drilled them if I needed to as I elicited and concept checked it and once I'd done that I did that word by word threw them on the floor and then I gave them the matching and I went uh uh Go and the the picture had a tiny little discrete label on it. 
that that did have the word. So they couldn't see it when I was using it as a flash gun, mm-hmm. but they could then go and look at it. So the matching thing, uh, I think in that one, students may have had little versions of the pictures, or you know, like clip art versions of the pictures. Oh, so they had to walk around, they find had the to word. go find the word and and bring it back. But I did it in pairs, and the rule was, only one of you have to share this worksheet. You have to take turns standing up. And the but person the who's standing cannot. Must, the worksheet must stay on the desk. And the person who's walking can't hold a pen. The person, so I go walk, come back, tell you you're my partner. Okay. You write it and then it's your turn. You stand, go walk. So that means that you've got Half 27 students yeah. milling around. Yeah, um, going, going back and forth. And it was chaotic and messy and noisy and disorganized and fun and active and productive. Mm. And, Sounds great. Right. And, but this, the same thing would have worked with the pictures stuck around the wall. Yes. The, it could also have worked if you'd just given the pictures to random students. Yes. Um, uh, or if you'd had a pair of each flashcard and given two to different people, got them to switch. Now, in another class uh, that was a very cramped classroom, I wanted to do that, but I knew that it wasn't going to be feasible. Mm. They'd be squeezing between chairs and, and things like that. So in one of the classes I tried, uh, I walked in and rearranged the class, which cost me five minutes. I basically bunched all the, the chairs and tables up really close. At the back of the class? Uh, actually, it was two lines down the sides of the room. Okay. So there's enough space to walk between the wall and, and the line of, of chairs, but mm-hmm. they were very crunched up together. And in another class, I didn't do a stand-up. Instead, after I'd, I went through the flashcards and I gave them out randomly to the students. So there were ten words or whatever. And so what they were actually doing was passing them along to each other. Uh, and it, it still worked. Now they didn't stand up, but there was still quite a bit of movement. You're leaning forwards and backwards and passing them yeah. to the front row and to the side of you and next to you and, and whatever. And... Sure, that's not movement in the sense of get up, but, but it's, it's still, still movement. movement. No, it's still movement. And um, at, like you see on the aeroplanes, twist your ankles and move your neck and because yeah. that, that helps too. I remember a teacher that I had at school that when we were during class, we had to sit with both of our feet flat on the floor, <coughs> really, um, and both of our hands had to be on the table the whole lesson. And if one of us, if you crossed your ankle or something like that, he and he spotted it, he would spend five minutes of the class Ranting, ranting about how, how restless and... Un- undisciplined. And undisciplined, yeah. Um, I have to admit, when he died, I was quite happy. He did die, and I was happy. I don't know how to respond to that, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway. Um, so, that's a blog about movement. It's not a blog, it's a podcast. Oh, it's a podcast, yes. And um, it seems that I'm a bit more of an extremist than you. Well, I think that that goes without saying on just about every topic that we talk about. You you push the limit. You push yeah, the and look, envelope. I mean, uh, the the my lessons are d- definitely rowdy, and I wouldn't recommend it for everybody. But if you don't mind a rowdy, noisy classroom, you, you don't see, mind the fact that sometimes the students are going to ignore you. Yeah, the, my problem is not... I, I don't mind rowdy classrooms, but I, I really have a problem with classroom management. I, I, students lose control in my lesson and I don't know how to bring them back. I, you know? I lose control of my lessons constantly. 
Yeah, it frightens me. I I just get frightened. I I think it's that South African um, school mom. Yeah, I just I have to. I have to feel like I'm in control, even if I'm not. And uh, when I start losing control, I think I'm also afraid of some random principal popping their head through. Yeah, I, I must admit that pops into my head quite a lot, uh, especially when I have an observer uh, from the school. And I, but now my practice is I just go to them and say, hey, my class are really noisy. I literally had people pop into my class and I didn't know they were there. Oh, right. There really was a lot of movement in the class. Then. <laughs> there there oh. were about ten of them. What? Ten people came into the classroom while you were teaching and you didn't know? There was a t- these, these teachers were from another country and they were being given a tour of the school. Oh. And they were standing there and one of the students was saying to me, oh, teacher, teacher. And I was going, and I was like, hang on a second, let me just, because I was helping one kid out. Yeah. And I got that kid done and I turned to that kid and went, yeah. And they went, teacher, teacher, and, and pointed at the classroom door and they were like... People of... crowding through yeah. the door. Well, they were probably watching because it was interesting and different. And um... I, I'm, I'm sure either that. I mean, there's always that little thing in the back of my mind that makes me go, "Do they think this is a, a riot?" Yeah. Um, I remember once I was teaching a class. I'm not. I'm not terribly good at teaching young kids. I'm a, I'm, I was substituting for a class of grade two students, <laughs> and I did uh, an activity that. The students had to measure, it was a maths class, and they had to measure the room and measure each other's fingers, and, and okay. it was a lot of noise, and and um, it started getting out of control, yeah. and, and I couldn't I couldn't see what was going on, and I didn't know if everybody was on task, and, and one of the other teachers walked past, one of the head teachers walked past, looked in, and for a month after that, it was, oh, well, um, Don't Steve, Steve, to the kids. Steve doesn't quite know how to handle, yeah. Um, and it wasn't, I, I didn't feel like it was that bad, you know. It, it, it certainly wasn't. But the perception. Control, but the perception, yeah. And I think that, that that fear that, maybe that's something that I've just got to get over. But, I mean, I'm, I'm an old man now. And the fear of somebody else's No, I, I embrace the, the only way for me to handle it is to embrace it. To just... You are the wacky teacher. I'm I'm the wacky teacher, and, and I'm, my lessons are busy and noisy and chaotic and whatever. And sometimes I, I, I judge my lessons, going, man, some of these kids just weren't on task at all. They got so little done. But then when I, I, the comments that I get about it are generally quite positive, yeah. both from the students and teachers. Actually, <clears throat> one thing that just sprung to mind, which I, I remember, I, in one class, um, the teacher had this uh, contract with the students that they were allowed to use their phone, Okay. but as, as long as when they used their phone, they stood up and moved around. Or, so he could see that they were using their phone and they were using it unabashedly so that they would then use it. And then put it away. Okay. And then he did an activity once where they um, they were allowed to look for a word on the phone or they were allowed to use a translation thing. And he had all the phones on the desk and they could go to their phone. and, and But it was like a running dictation then. Okay. Because they had to go to the, their phone, do Find it, and the then thing. run back to... Okay. It was pretty clever. I thought that Very was kind of cool. Yeah. This, yeah. Mm. All right. It's time for a word from our sp- sponsors. Okay. Today's sponsor is Mozzie Bats. Mozzie Bats. Okay. So if you are a teacher in the in the tropics in this part of the world... When you show up to your classroom at uh, <laughs> 7 a.m., sometimes you open the door and you turn on the light and a big cloud of mosquitoes comes out from under the pile of projects. No, well, actually, it's under your table. If you, it's always under the teacher's under desk. The table, yeah. Yeah. 
anywhere yeah. where there's dark. So the the trick is to carry a mozzie bat with you all the time, especially at mo- in the morning, and yeah. to just switch it on, press the button, and wave it under your desk before you sit down. And yeah. you're likely to kill about seven hundred and fifty mosquitoes per w- per room per wave. Yeah, and uh, and it has the added bonus of all the students being scared of you from that moment onwards because when the, when they do something wrong, you can just pick up the bat and wave it at them menacingly. <laughs> and okay, there is another advantage to mozzie bats too. They're usually very colourful and pretty. Yeah. And you can have them on your desk, and it adds a bit of colour to your classroom. Yeah, and right. you can like get students to stick out their tongues and zap them on the end if they speak <laughs> Thai in the room. <laughs> Don't do that. All right, that's it. Thanks for listening. And get up and go do something. Don't sit in a chair and record a podcast. Yeah, I hope you've been listening while you've been walking around your garden or something. Okay. Defer Welfare is proudly brought to you by the Nanstor Welfare Try and Steve. For any questions, comments, complaints, or query, you can email defawelfare at gmail.com or visit www.defawelfare.com.